Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bitter Rivals podcast, uh, powered by the game Entertainment and Media. This is episode 81 on January 22nd of the great year 2023. Hopefully, maybe. We don't know yet. Uh, <laughs> anyway, there was a Leafs and Habs game last night. Uh, what happened in the game, Catano? Uh, the Habs came back from 2-0 down, uh, got a big OT win. Uh, really short-handed Habs team. A lot of uh, the AHL boys uh, came up and uh, did the job, actually. It was a good game. Yeah, it was a it was a good game. The Leafs dominated the first period, and then they leafed harder than they've ever leafed in the second <laughs> period. I think shots were nineteen seven at the two one mark. Uh, they got somewhere close to 20, 20, 20. and then and that was in the second period. Did yeah. you score both your goals in the second, or was it one in the second, one in the third? Both in the second. Both in the second. Because all, uh, all the goals were scored at that end of the ice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Gotcha. 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 So, uh, it was a good game. Like I said, the Leafs came out flying. Um, Austin Matthews looked possessed for a good portion of the game. Also, Second was, it, was, it not like, was it not like 50 seconds in you guys were up one nothing? Like, I came upstairs with my pizza. Like, I missed like a minute, and we were already fucking down. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it was a quick one. Uh, who was it again? I'm forgetting completely who it was now. No. It was Mark Giordano on, on a yes. great, great feed. Uh, what? Yeah, it was a beautiful goal, and like he hasn't scored much this year. It's good to see him get some get some love and attention because he's been great. He's, uh, 39 years old, <laughs> if you don't, if you remember correctly. So it was it was good to see him get one. Uh, but the Leafs did fall in overtime, uh, which I've always thought pretty much against any team other than maybe the Edmonton Oilers, the Leafs should have the advantage, just because we have so many skill players. When they have that much space, they should be able to overpower and just out out skill guys like really that's that's kind of what three on three is for right is it brings out the skill in the game uh the thing about three on three is that coaches have learned how to coach it now so it's all about possession and it really takes that away right the whole thing is about possession to the point where Sheldon Keefe will start his defensive guys, especially on the road, right? Because he gets he doesn't get the last change. Montreal had the last change last night. So he'll start. I, I don't remember specifically if this is what happened last night, but it's been happening in three on threes since uh, like all year. Is he'll start like Camp, uh, like TJ Brody or or Justin Hole, like a real defensive minded s- setup just just to gain possession and then and then about oh, 30 seconds in, they'll throw Austin Matthews out there, yeah, Mitch Marner out there. Once you have possession. So it's really interesting to see the evolution of three-on-three. Because when it first came into the league, it was just back and forth and back and forth for the whole season. You remember that? Yeah, because it, it was just everyone just, threw, everyone just threw their best players on the ice and went, fuck it, go score. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of room. Go out there and score. Now it's no. You need to maintain possession. Because if you get caught, game over. Right? Like, that's... Well, that's even that's, even the, winning, the, the winner last night. Yeah. Uh, Leafs make their rush. Sam Montebo, who played phenomenal last night, a couple massive saves. Yeah, after the first shot. Yeah, after the first one, played great. Um, but yeah, Sam Montebo makes a big save. Uh, we turn around, and it ends up as a two-on-one break. Hoffman to Pitlick, and there it is. Like Exactly. It's all about possession, because there, it's just so much easier to create an on-man rush, is really what it is. And that's what makes it exciting. And... We can talk about shootout, whether it should exist. I don't think it should. I think you should just go three on three until somebody scores because it's not going to last more than 10, 15 minutes, really. It's it's pretty hectic stuff. I get it. You don't want guys playing that long and blah, blah, blah. But they do it in the playoffs. They can do it now. 
And it'll just make things more exciting. Anyway, enough about three-on-three. That's not where we were trying to go. That's just kind of a tangent (laughs) we went on. Um, Big news out of Montreal yesterday. Yeah, so Cole Caulfield is done for the season. Uh, Right shoulder injury. Uh, He's apparently been playing through it for the last few months, um, which is kind of jarring to hear. uh, Well, because he's been so good. Well, not just that, but, you know, if it's an injury that requires a surgery, like, you would think given the state of our season and what's kind of going on, that it would have just been shut down right away. But, uh, you know, he wanted to play and was still able to play at a relatively high level. Uh, Like I said, on pace for almost 50 goals. Uh, But yeah, he is now shut down for the season to add to the Habs' misery. And I I talked about the the Habs being depleted last night. I'm just going to like run through the notable injuries. So uh, Caulfield, shoulder, done for the season. Slavkovsky, lower body, done for the season. Uh, Jake Evans still has eight to ten weeks out. Caden Gooley's got no, at least another five to six weeks out. Gallagher's got another three uh, three weeks out. Yeah. Uh, Jake Allen still isn't back. Like, it's just... And then there's the guys like Monaghan hasn't played in a while. Uh, it's just... It's not... War of attrition, man. Yeah. And, like, at least we're, like getting some results through this which is nice um but yeah even like the guys that i would like to see you know moved on like uh army and druin are both hurt so their fucking trade values nothing right now yeah. uh, same as monahan who at the beginning of the season first like month month and a half was looking like oh he's gonna fetch us at first in the fucking at the deadline he might not even be back before the deadline so like it's a really shitty situation i'm not really happy with you know and even Ken Hughes actually said he wasn't overly happy with Montreal, like the medical department. They're looking into how we are just this hurt all the time. Because this is yeah. like, you do it like last year, you know, with COVID and all the other, you know, bullshit, you know, bad season. But like to have two in a row like this, where a lot of your best players are getting long term injuries, like that's not, that's not, not normal. Yeah. yeah. No. And it, it, it it sucks, right? And yeah. But it happens, and that's just part of the game, I guess. Nothing you can really do. Say, so, like, you know. I mean, I was I, actually I, having this. De- I was having this debate with somebody last night, and it was actually more about the NBA. And we'll just touch on it really quickly. Do you right. think that load management would ever be a thing in the National Hockey League? Uh no. Why not? So, like, this is, like, the, the, the typical, like, stereotypical hockey thing. But, like, I always think of, like, fucking was it Gregory Campbell, who, like, broke his leg blocking a shot, stayed on the ice and blocked, like, three more shots, and then, like, finally got himself off the ice. Like, that's just hockey player mentality. Look at, you know, a guy like Shea Weber literally fucking played himself into retirement to try and win a cup. Like, you know, who knows what Carey Price's knee was fucking looking like. Uh, during that playoff run, uh, Paul Byron was having to get carried from the ice to the locker room, like after games. I I don't think that that mentality just isn't a part of hockey culture. And I see don't the thing think... that I have to say about what you said. Those those are all playoff examples, right? Are we t- like I'm talking over an 82 game season? Do you think that maybe it might be reasonable, especially for big guys who might be playing through little nagging things? Like even Austin Matthews took a took a couple game break about a week and a half ago, and he said it really helped me physically and it really helped me mentally, and he's looked really really good since then. 
So I don't think he's lying. <laughs> oh no, I, I'm not. I'm not going to accuse him of lying. But I, I think, like the the mentality just ingrained into hockey players is like, whatever. Like you take a fucking stick to the face, you spit your fucking teeth out, and you fucking play your next shift, right? Like it's not. And I'm, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't mean to roast basketball players, but like, it's not like, oh, you sprain a finger, oh God, God forbid you fucking do anything. Like hockey and players, it's, it's just ridiculous. It, I, yeah. I'm on your side. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate. I know, I know. But yeah, I, I think that that mentality is just ingrained into like, and even even like we never played high level hockey, but you know, we I still had I don't know about you, but I had coaches who fucking like, and not not in a bad way, not that they put us out there when we were like fucking hurt, but like. No, it was, the, the, here's it the was thing. like, are you, are you dying? Yes or no? Can you keep playing? Yes or no? Like, for me, it was always the question, are you hurt or are you injured? Because if you're injured, get the hell out, get the hell out of here. If you're hurt, yeah. get on the ice. Seriously. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the best way like, to put it. it. That's, that's hockey, right? Like, that's yeah. just how it is. That's how it's always been. And I, you're right. I don't think it's going to change. It's just too ingrained in the sport. And maybe that's not a good thing. That, that probably is a negative thing. But the one thing I do have to say about load management in the NBA, injury rates have actually gone up since they started doing that. So take that for what it's worth. I, I think it, I don't even think it works in my opinion. The, the whole point of it is to keep these guys healthier and they're getting injured more. Is it counter because are, are they pushing themselves more in the games that they are playing? Because I honestly think they just get out of a rhythm. I think that's what it is. They get out of rhythm, and that's it, right? Like, if you're playing every night, every second night, every second night, you like, those guys don't play the second half of back-to-backs ever. Like, can you imagine the Golden State Warriors come into town, and they sit all six of their starters? Like, can you imagine paying, like, a couple hundred bucks for that ticket and then finding out day of that they're not playing? Like, you're not going to see Steph, Clay, Draymond, Jordan Poole. Like, you're just not. That's horrible. You can't do that to the fans either. That's another part of it. That's a very important part of it for me. Yeah, well, because that's that's a huge thing. I think you like, yeah, because like how how often do you go to like an, an an NHL game and barring like injury and suspension, not see the fucking best players play? Exactly. That's like the the, yeah. the only other thing I can think of is uh, the Habs game that I went to in 2017. Uh, Saturday night in Montreal and Peter Buda started over Carey Price because we played the Bruins uh, the next day on like on Sunday. But like, that's it. Like that's every, everyone else played who was healthy. They played. Yeah. Well, I just think back to when I didn't get to see Austin <laughs> Matthews because he decided to feed Rasmus Dolin his, his cross check, like a cross check. Hey, hey, I didn't. I flew all the way to fucking Madrid and Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo got suspended five games for shoving an official. <laughs> so I didn't that's get to hilarious. see him play. <laughs> that's genuinely hilarious. Though. I'm like in the airport scrolling Twitter, and I see Ronaldo's been suspended five games, and it like lists the games. I'm like, yep, that's the game I'm at. Love that. That's <laughs> yeah, that's just fantastic. Great stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. So right. yeah, uh, I think that's a healthy debate to have. I don't think that it's gonna happen though. It's just no. it's too tough, man. It's too tough of a league. Like the the only thing like I remember the the COVID season the last like couple of games there was discussion about McDavid um like sitting because the Oilers had their playoff spot whatever and even he was like no I want to hit a hundred and fifty whatever games 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you're taking those kinds of things away too. You're taking opportunities yeah. for that. You're yeah, it's just not gonna happen. No. Guys won't do it. That's no. if it will happen, it'll be because players want it. Yeah, and not that's it. So, so like else. Austin Matthews taking one or two games, fair. Like that's you know. Well, and but the like, other thing about the Leaf situation right now is they're not. I, I've been saying this for weeks. They're not going to finish anywhere other than second in the Atlantic. That is where they are finishing. So, take a few games. I, honestly, I don't care if you don't play again until the playoffs, Austin. Like seriously, if they, if that's what it takes for you to be 100% healthy in the playoffs, I do it. I don't care. What do I care for? We're finishing second. That's just happening. Like, like it would take like you guys to absolutely like to to leaf harder than you've ever leafed before to not finish second, or Boston to just not show up to any more of their games, yeah. like physically not show up in the building is what it would take. <laughs> Send the fucking problem. They're, they're unconscious right now. They are absolutely unconscious. Those guys. Yeah, they're it's just horrifying. They're rolling, and it's it's not it's not fun. No, we know it's we play them. We play them on Tuesday, and that's going to be a fucking spanking. Yeah, yeah. So, um, some more happenings from around the league. Now that we've, for some reason, touched on load management and uh, what was the other? <laughs> what did we start? Overtime. <laughs> yeah, three. Yeah. <laughs> Healthy conversation, but let's get to some more important, serious stuff. Um, Ivan Provorov decided uh, on the Philadelphia Flyers Pride Night that he wasn't going to take part in warm-ups because, and the reason he gave, is that he is going to stand firm with his religion and his beliefs. He was completely supported and backed by his coach, John Tortorella, uh, who said he never even thought about sitting him. Um, I'll let you get started on this one because we, yeah. I think we both have a lot to say. Yeah, oh, you know, honestly, I don't have too much to say about it. Um, and really, just it comes down to if if your religion, you know, you're you're allowed to believe in your religion. That's not. Yeah, I'm we're not. not gonna, I know Catanoism. I'm not. I, I don't mean to speak for you, yeah. but we're not religious people. If people listening are, please don't take offense to this. But continue. But yeah, if if your religion, you know, doesn't preach, you know, equality and love for everyone, then like. It's kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If, if your fiction, your fictional book, tells you that it's okay to hate people, you and your book can both fuck off, to be completely honest with you. That's the end of the story for me, too. That's and it. I mean, like, I've seen, like, some of the, the hockey Twitter people going, oh, like, what is it? What's the fucking big deal? It's like... Do we not remember like a month ago, the World Cup in Qatar, where you could be sentenced to jail or death for being part of the LGBTQ community? Like, yep. that's an issue. That's a and big if, time if issue. You, if you can't, you know, put on that jersey for the, what, 10, 15 minutes of warm-up to say, hey, all, like, literally all that, all that says is, hey, I, like, I don't want you to be fucking, like, you can do your, your you can do your thing. Live your life. You know, yes. not that... I don't mean this in like a mean way, but we don't care. As in, like, like go do your thing, like whatever. Like, exactly. you know, love, love who you want to love. It's, we're not asking Ivan Provorov to go out there and and like do something egregiously against his religion. We're just asking. Yeah. All he was asked to do was honestly support the LGBTQ plus community that was at that Flyers game that night. That that's 
That's what he was being asked to do was to tell these people that they are welcome in the sport. Yeah. Right. That's that's it. And by and him not do it. Yeah. And by him do not doing that, it's saying that they are not welcome. And like, can you imagine being like a an LGBTQ plus like Flyers fan and like seeing that? Or that's imagine, what I mean. Like, you imagine being in that building. That's such a slap in the face. Like, can you imagine? Because I'm look, I'm sure there are LGBTQ players, you know, in like coming through like the NHL system. Could you imagine like, you know, get like an LGBTQ like player seeing that and then maybe getting drafted to Philadelphia and you have to share a room with Ivan Provorov now? Like that's no. that's no. Honestly, there there is the one openly uh, gay player, Luke Prokop, who yep. is I forget who he's a draft pick of. I Nashville. hope that now I hope that guy gets the opportunity to put Ivan Provorov in the fourth row one day. I really oh, do. Just I really do. You know, like uh, that would be music to my ears is to see that guy put right through the glass. Honestly, yeah. uh, like he, that he he's Ivan Provorov has kind of got himself in that position of like feed him to Ryan Reeves. Just honestly, like I, I I don't know, and it it's again it's all that we are asked. All he was asked to do, which by the way he's contractually obligated to do. He, the the wording in the contract is. You must participate in any promotional event that the that promotes either the NHL or the Philadelphia Flyers. Pride Night is a promotional event. It's what it is, yeah. right? You are contractually obligated. You like that million dollar paycheck that you you like those big paychecks that get direct deposited into your account every week? Yeah, that's why you get it. So because you are obligated to do those things, yeah. it, you know. And the other thing that I have to say about it, one more thing, I don't want to stay on it too much longer, but you can't pick and choose which scripture you decide to follow. Ivan Provorov better be a fucking virgin, right? Because Russian Orthodox religion also doesn't allow sex until marriage, right? You can't pick and choose which rules you want to follow, man. That's not how it works, right? So this isn't about religion. This is about hate. This is about not accepting people. This is about not wanting to be a united front on this. And that, that's the whole point, right, is, is unity and, and showing pride and support for these people. And when one of these players decides not to take part, that's that that takes the whole unity piece out of it. Yeah, completely. undermines it completely. Exactly. Anyway, that's enough on that. Uh, I think we've articulated our opinions there. Uh, yeah. Let's move let's on. We got a lot of dumpster fire. Yeah, let's move on. We got we got some time to talk about this. We got about 10, 10 minutes here, which we're probably going to need. Um, the Vancouver Canucks. I talked about it briefly on um, Top Shelf on, on TGEM, and it's somehow gotten worse since then. Uh, like, this is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in the NHL. The way they like, treated Bruce Boudreaux is absolutely deplorable. Deplorable. Like, it's one of the worst. By the way, the news came out this morning. Bruce Boudreaux has been fired and replaced with Rick Tockett, who, by the way, in his five years coaching in the NHL, has never had a winning season. Not once. No, I, let's like let, let, let's let's start with the the presser last week because I feel like that's where we have to start and go from there. Let's 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 do it. You go. You go ahead. Have you ever, ever in any sport, seen a GM or an owner come out and say, "We're looking for a new coach, but we're not firing this one yet. We're actively looking to replace him. We want to replace him, but we we haven't fired him yet. Ever." Yeah, no, I've, that's never happened in sports. There's, I cannot recall. 
a single situation where that like, happens. I just happened. sorry. Like why 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 do you put Bruce Boudreaux through that? Like one of the nicest guys in the league. That's I've the thing, never, right? I've never heard a fucking bad story about the guy ever. No. Like he's just been like a stand-up fucking guy for his entire like coaching career. One of the most beloved figures in the entire league for 40 years, by the way. Yeah. Um, but that's saying, like, you know, if they and if he wasn't their guy and they wanted to get a new coach in, then just fucking fire him. Like, you don't have to do the media charade. Just fucking no, fire and, their guy. And send him out there and to answer questions in a, in a press conference every couple days. Yeah. Like what? I feel like this is like this is like a, almost a, a ten days between that press conference and him getting fired. I so just, for ten ten days, however many games, Bruce Boudreaux had to go and sit and face the media who knew he was getting fired and he knew he was getting fired and answer fucking questions and then yeah. go and coach a team that knew he was getting fired. Yeah. Like fucking just I'm just saying I have no issue if he just comes out at that press conference however many however many days ago and just says we've relieved Bruce Boudreaux and his assistants of their duties will have someone in the interim until we get the, a coach in. That's fine. What interim is for. That's what it's for. Yeah, like, literally no exactly this situation. Yeah, like like just clean, easy, no issues. Nobody would be mad at the Canucks. Like you might, you know, oh, like you know, Bruce was beloved by the fans, whatever. But like whatever, that that happens. That's nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah, but to just outright say <laughs> we're looking for a new coach, but we're not firing Bruce yet until we get the guy we want. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Honestly. Yeah. And like I said earlier, you replace him with a guy who's coached five seasons in the NA, five seasons in the NHL, and not one time has had a winning season. No once. Yeah, like, that's the other like side of that coin is like I, I get it if you know, if like a fucking I don't know, I would like a really good. I don't I can't think of one off the top of my head that's a fucking that's not already associated with the team. Like, but you know what I mean. Like, I'm just going to use like Peter Laviolette as just an example. Yeah, the first there you go. Lavi's a great guy. Yeah, if he if he's a, an available to coach, and you'll fuck like this guy might this guy will give us that boost, turn us around. Like, absolutely, I get that, you know. And I know the Canucks haven't had a great season, so yeah, firing Boudreaux kind of makes sense in that aspect. But like, you're replacing the guy. It just was done so publicly, unnecessarily publicly, and it was. It's just you. It had ever like there was. I'm not gonna lie to you. When I saw that video of Bruce Boudreaux pounding his chest after the Vancouver fans chanted Bruce there it is yeah I'm not gonna lie I'm usually pretty emotional when I wake up in the morning I bawled my eyes out when I saw that video I was like this poor guy like why are they doing this to him I just it's and my understanding is the reason was they didn't want to have a third coach on payroll what what's the difference now exactly right like I don't, I don't understand that. My, my understanding is ownership didn't want to have a third coach on payroll because they still have Travis Green, they have Bruce Boudreaux, and they didn't want to have a, a third guy. But you have a third guy now with fucking talking. I don't understand. I just, I, I don't know. And, and like, clearly, wait. Jim Rutherford has no power over anything that he does because he made it very, very clear, like you said, ten days ago, that he wanted, he wanted a different yeah. guy coaching the team, but he couldn't do it. Jim Rutherford. Handled that so horribly. They every, same every, with the Aquilinis, the owners too. Every, everyone from like man, like not part of the coaching staff, management up, absolutely fucking shit the bed. Awful, awful. And, and like, 
they so they only fired him and his assistant. So you could have just fucking fired the two of them, let whoever else fucking normally runs like is on the bench run the bench for the three or four games. Yeah, you know they're they're on your payroll anyways, and then you fucking bring in your guy. Well, but like, especially considering Rutherford came out and said we want to lose, like. We, we want the first overall pick. That's what we are aiming for at this point. He he came out and said that. Another thing I haven't seen very much is guys literally come out and saying, yeah, no, we're we're tanking. Like, like, I, like that, that is the one slice of credit I will give to their organization right now is that at least they're honest about that. They're not honest about anything fucking else. Dude, it took 10 years for them to get to that point and they're still not fully committed. No, oh, they're, they, they're, ownership... They're, they're in year nine of their five-year fucking rebuild plan, Ave. And they are further they're further from the cup than they were fucking nine years ago. Yes. Yes. It's brutal. And my understanding, I forget what uh, what talking head on TV said it, but my understanding is that ownership doesn't want still to do a full rebuild. They want quick retool again, and they want butts in seats in playoff for playoff games. That's what they want. That's that is what ownership has asked of Rutherford. How could you expect him to do that with what he's been given? Yeah, no. Seriously. I, but also, to be fair to, you know, Rutherford, uh, he's been fucking dog shit, too. Like, Ooh. he's made some horrific fucking hockey decisions. Not not even, like, the coaching manager. Like the JT Miller decision. signing right there. Well, the, the JT Miller not re-signing Horvat. Fucking, they didn't, they let fucking Markstrom go to a fucking rival. They didn't offer Tyler to Foley a fucking contract. Like... You These are like, what? You swear a lot. I do, I do, I really do. Um, but like, <laughs> I look at that, I'm like, the Canucks would be significantly better if they had Jacob Markstrom and Tyler Foley on their team. Like, yeah. if they didn't have Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah, you know? signed for like, what is it, nine? Yeah, like, so like, yeah, I, it's a dumpster it's just, fire. It's, it's just a dumpster fire. And that's the one thing I'm so grateful uh, with like Habs management. Because they're one of the only teams, like management teams in the league, that like has outright said like we're going to rebuild. It's not going to be quick, but we have a plan and we're going to start doing things. And so far through like the eighteen-ish months of yeah. it, I was like, yeah, like we're we're kind of we're on pace here. We're we're, we're doing the right rebuilding steps. Yeah, exactly. And like, yes, as a fan, it's it's not fun, you know, losing seasons, uh, you know, as badly as we have been. But like I think I think the Canucks fans are smart enough hockey wise to know that losing these next couple of seasons to be good later is a good trade off instead of the consistent loop of you know fight for a playoff spot maybe get in maybe not quick retool you know maybe fight for a playoff spot actually suck dick the worst place to be in sports yes yeah. it's the yeah, worst place to be in sports just embrace it suck get better. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, that's it's ridiculous. Hey, the Leafs tanked, and look what we're, we've been over the past six seasons. We've been a top three team in the league, almost every single one of them. And over the past six seasons, collectively, we are the third best team in the NHL. Do you remember when the fucking Lightning sucked? Yes. That was a great time. Yeah. <laughs> but they sucked for a long time. They had a, a strategy, a plan to rebuild. And now look at them. Pause for a second. They played the Oilers last night. Is that accurate? Or, or no, not last night. Night before. 
Did you see somebody threw an 88 Vasilevsky jersey on the ice? Like... <sighs> for, first of all, I'm, I'm against jersey throwing simply because that's just a waste of money. Those jerseys but are expensive. But Andre Vasilevsky, that's who you're... You got beef with Andre Vasilevsky as a fan. That is one of the most outrageous things I've, I think I've ever seen. He's been the best like, goalie in the league for like five years and he's won two cups. 31 other teams have, like fan bases, have beefs with Andre Vasilevsky. The Tampa Bay fan base should not have beef with Andre Vasilevsky. That was insane. I couldn't believe I saw that. Like, is that, I saw it, I was like, is that what I think it is? <laughs> so on, on first, when I first saw the clip, I thought it was just like, I didn't see the name or number. So I thought it was just a Tampa jersey. I'm like, oh, what a fucking idiot. And like, then the second the time I rewatched it. Yeah. Yeah. Three fucking finals in a row and you're going to fucking bitch about it. Um, <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> and then I see it's a Vasilevsky jersey. And it's like, like that would genuinely be like an, an Oilers fan throwing a McDavid jersey on the ice. Like, or a fucking, you yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Like imagine like a Penguins fan throwing a Crosby jersey on the ice. Pardon? Imagine a Penguins fan throwing a Crosby jersey on the ice. Kind of the same thing here. Like, I just, I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, we don't have to spend too much time on that. I was just so blown away when I saw that. I was like, do you know what we have gone through in Toronto? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, what we are currently going through in Montreal? That guy is a godsend. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Back to one quickly. Yeah. Like, and, like, the worst, like, the kind of icing on the fucking shit cake that this was for Bruce Boudreaux, uh was the Canucks are promoting, like, their mental health, like, week, like, uh, I forget oh, what they called yeah. it. Hockey Talks. So, like, Hockey Talks. Yeah, Hockey Talks. So, uh, for the last week, Bruce, all of Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux's Bruce press crying. conferences. Yeah, all of his press conferences where he's, like, holding back tears because he's basically, like, just getting fired and just waiting for the fucking axe to fall. Uh, he's doing it to the backdrop of hockey talks because the Canucks care about mental health. Like, what an absolute embarrassment. Like, what an embarrassment. I I really, really hope that Bruce Boudreaux gets another job in the NHL and is successful and fucking wins another chip. Like, whether he's a head coach, assistant coach, a fucking scout, I don't care. Honestly, I think the Leafs should pay him $3 million a year to just go in the dressing room and swear at the boys in between periods. <laughs> Hey, I'll do that for a lot cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, like, I, I, I really hope that he fucking, he gets a job somewhere, does great. and He deserves it. Absolutely. Like, just, you know, even, even without this bullshit, he deserves it. But, like, now with the bullshit, he, like, oh, especially God. deserves it. And I want yeah. him to, like, I want a picture of him, like, with a Stanley Cup. And I want everyone sending it to the Canucks. And be like, this, yeah. this is what you fucking, this is what you, you did. Yeah. This is on you. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think just he's such a stand-up guy. Like you said, you've never heard a bad thing about him, right? Oh, did, and did you hear? Did you hear about what, what the players? Uh, what happened last night? No. Uh, so after they lost to the Oilers last night, um, every player individually on the Canucks roster uh, went to his office and shook his hand and like thanked him and was like super emotional about it. Have like you that's... ever heard of anything like this? <laughs> this is like I it's just so bizarre. 
It's so stupid and unnecessarily fucking stupid. I know. Like, it's so hard to watch. It's just so hard to watch, really. And, you know, if it was happening to John Tortorella or, like, Mike Babcock, I'd be like, good. Joel Quenville. Fuck him. Yeah. Good. <laughs> like, seriously. Paul Maurice, you know. Yeah. Hey, that's a sweet boy. Be nice. Yeah, but he's also a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, he's a bit of a dickhead. He is a bit of a dickhead. Anyway, that's, uh, yeah. And, and, and let's just talk about, like, their actual on-ice play. Like, they are so bad. As a hockey Horrific. team, they're terrible. And, like, that's the thing is, I, you could put fucking John Cooper, get, get the Olympic coaching squad in Vancouver, and they're not going to turn it around because that roster is horrific. It is so poorly built. Yeah, very, very. And, you know, they have no goaltending. They got Chris Delia and who's the other guy? I don't even remember the other guy's name. Demko's hurt. Spencer Martin, that's who it is. Chris Delia, Spencer Martin. You're paying Oliver Ekman Larson like $9 million or something stupid like that. You You can't resign Myers. (laughs) Yeah, Tyler Myers. Let's talk. JT Miller is the biggest defensive liability in the entire NHL. And you're paying him how much, which you paid him before you signed Bo Horvat, which you should have done, considering (laughs) he's your captain. And then admittedly, he played himself out of your price range during the regular season. Go figure. Like. Because you signed JT Miller. So now you can't keep Horvat, who's been very, very good. Very, very good. Also, I've heard to lose all your young players. I've heard some rumors he's going to end up in Boston. So that's interesting. I can't. I... Just, just thinking, just because Krejci's probably going back to, to Czechia next year. And yeah. Bergeron, who knows, right? So. I can't deal with the Bruins winning a cup again. They need a center for the future. They also could use a center right now. You see I know. I hate, I hate it because it makes perfect sense. I hate it. I hate oh it so much. Oh, my God. Good Lord. But yeah, like, you know, you look at the guys like Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes. Like, why, why do they want to waste another five years rebuilding of their career? Yeah, like, no, for sure. You know, it, 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 it made perfect sense, you know, when they first got in there and weren't good. It's like, oh, you know what? You stick around, you sign a deal because we're going to get good in a couple of years. Yeah. But then those couple of years go by and you're in a worse spot now than you were when you signed that deal. It's like, what the, like, why? Yeah. Like, at this point... They really, really, really should get burned right the fuck down. Yeah, trade everything. Like, the, the two guys that they should keep are Hughes and, and Patterson. Other than that, blow it up completely. And I, I think in the draft, if they end up with not Bedard but a high pick, I think Mikhtov's their guy. Genuinely. Because he's not going to get to the NHL for however many years. So you're not pissing him off by burning those years away being dog shit and rebuilding mm-hmm. and then you know can you imagine the canucks get half decent and then bring in a 26 25 26 year old mitch Cobb who's been lighting it up in the k yeah yeah no i, I see your point there for sure i I, th- I think that would be a better play than you know drafting a fantilly or carlson or whoever yeah and dragging them through fucking mud yeah well, we've spent actually about 15 minutes now talking about how much of a dumpster fire the the, the Vancouver Canucks organization is. I mean, uh, really, we we could do, we could do another 15 if we really we wanted. We easily, but could. we're not going to. I think it, I think it can pretty much easily be summed up though. But 
the way they treated Bruce Boudreau is deplorable. Yep. It shouldn't fuck have taken the owners, them 10 years Manning. to realize that they suck and they need to tank. Uh, they mismanaged their, their cap situation and their contract situation so, so horribly. So do you know what? The blame isn't only on ownership. It's also on Jim Rutherford. Pretty much like you said, everything from the coaches are fine. Everything above that, burn it to the ground. Like, seriously. I don't know what else to say. It's it's one of the worst managed situations I think I've ever seen in any sport. Truly. I, I would really have to think to find something worse because I got nothing off the top of my head. Well, like we said, when's the last time you've ever in any, like not even just in sports where a guy just knew he was getting fired and he was just waiting to get fired. I've never and, heard of that in my life. And like, and it's so different when there's like speculation compared to the owner came out and said, we are looking to replace him. Like that's exactly. It's just fucked up. Yeah. It just didn't need to be public like that. It just really did not. No. Especially with a stand up guy like Bruce Boudreaux. So anyway, that's about all we have for today, folks. Thank you for listening to episode 81 of the Bitter Rivals podcast, powered by the game, entertainment, and media. Uh, there's some football games on today, so I'm probably going to watch that. We should probably go over the games of the week for each team. You go first, because I don't have it pulled up. Uh, so the Habs have the Bruins uh, in Montreal on Tuesday, uh, the Red Wings in Montreal on Thursday, and then we head to Ottawa on Saturday. Okay. That's that's fun. Uh, tomorrow, Islanders Leafs, uh, followed by Rangers Leafs. So, and that's interesting. Those are home games. You'd think if we were playing the Rangers and Islanders back to back, it'd be a quick road trip. But those are both home games. Uh, then we host the Senators on Friday. No Saturday game, which is very interesting. That's the first time this season that's happened in Leafland. Uh, but there is a Sunday 5 p.m. Capitals matchup at home. So four game homestand here for the week. And then actually the following Wednesday is also a home game against the Bruins. So five game homestand, but four this week. Yep. Anything else you need to get off your chest today? Dave? I think I am good. We, uh, I, I got my, my Vancouver rant out. I think that's all I needed to do. Anyway, thank you again for listening and uh, we'll catch you for episode 82 next Sunday.